And welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy. Thank you all for tuning in today. Um, now, today, what I'm going to do with today's show is I'm going to give a review, and I think I'm going to ma- hopefully have some people calling in who are also on this course, but uh, just a little background. So last weekend, or no, not last weekend, the weekend before last Uh, I had the privilege of attending a great continuing education course here in New York City, and the course was Simple Contact, and it was taught by Barrett Dorco. Barrett is a regular contributor to somasimple.com. So a lot of people who regularly go and post on Soma Simple were in attendance in this course, and you know, I've probably said it a million times on this show. If you are in healthcare field, if you're a trainer, if you're a Pilates instructor, a yoga instructor, physical therapist, osteopath, doctor, Soma Simple is a great resource. There's a lot of wonderful discussions, and it's somasimple.com, S-O-M-A, simple.com, all one word. So if you haven't been there yet, please go on and check it out. It's a great uh, resource for anyone who's working in a field where they are dealing with people from a, a wellness or from a medical standpoint. So... Uh, the course, so first of all, I just want to give a thank you to, it was organized beautifully by Patrick Lyons, and it was hosted by New York Sports Med, which is a physical therapy clinic. It was uh, in Union Square in here in New York City. And the class was really unlike most classes that I go to. A lot of the continuing education classes that I attend are usually a minimum of 40 people upwards to 150, depending on speakers and how many people have signed up, obviously. This course was was different in that there were about 20 people there, maybe 21. And by the end of the course, I felt like I knew the people in the course, the discussions during the time Barrett was speaking, and during the break times were very robust. They were very thought-engaging, thought-promoting discussions. And so it was kind of like you were getting an education on top of an education. So not only learning from Barrett, but really learning from all the other people within the course. And they weren't all physical therapists. There were some uh, personal trainers there, an osteopath there. Um, and so it was really interesting to get input from different professions, so sort of outside of, of the physical therapy world. Um, so like I said, the course is called Simple Contact. And I know I have I had read about it. I've interviewed Barrett on the show about it, but I have to admit, I still did not, before the course, really have a good grasp on what the heck Barrett was doing with his patients and what this course was, how he was uh, teaching this course, the information behind it. I had a little bit of an idea, but I was in no way prepared to treat a patient using simple contact because I just didn't really quite uh, understand it. Well, at the end of the two days here in New York, I definitely have a much better grasp on it and have been using it with my patients, and I'll discuss that a little bit later, some of the outcomes I've been seeing. But first off, just to, and I'm going to kind of read from Barrett's course syllabus, which 
even going along with the name Simple Contact, it was actually a very simple course syllabus. Normally you come and you have like, you know, 150 pages worth of stuff and huge slideshow presentations. And I have to say, Barrett was able to really simplify even his syllabus, which is really quite refreshing. Um, anyway, so simple contact, the definition, and again, this is from uh, from the course syllabus, is a technique of communication, either verbal or manual, designed to make another aware of their already ongoing processes and encourage their expression. So simple contact is a catalyst and doesn't seek to alter what's already there. Simple contact does not move others. When used manually, it just deforms the skin. So simple contact basically will encourage what is called idiomotion, ideomotion, however you want to say it. I don't think it really matters. Um, and so idiomotion is motion or muscular action, which is neither reflex nor volitional, but is induced by some dominant idea. And Eric, who was uh, osteopath at the course from Montreal, posted to Soma Simple, um, I can kind of even break down that definition of idiomotion even more, is that idiomotion is a non-conscious movement. This is from Eric, from uh, who he posted this on Soma Simple. And he, he sort of got simple contact as a form of manual therapy that looks to elicit idiomotion and characteristics of self-correction. So what we're doing is... You know, you're placing your hands on someone, you're not passively moving them, but rather you are, like Barrett says, sort of deforming the skin, so a very light touch at a skin level, and allowing the patient to explore their own movements within themselves. Um, so it's it's a little bit different than, I think, what we as physical therapists do in a lot of our other continuing education and, and even in our formal education in school is we are sort of taught to push this, pull that, manipulate this, move this. So this is a little bit different. And, and I think therefore with some people there, and I think even with myself initially, you get some cognitive dissonance there. Like what, how am I supposed to make such a big change in, in someone when I'm not really pushing, pulling, like we've learned all these years. So, um, and probably someone who can even better explain this than, than I am right now is the instructor of the course, Barrett Dorgo, who is on the line right now. Hey, Barrett. Oh, hello, Karen. I didn't know you were going to get to me this soon. This quickly? Well, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, sure, why not? Let's, let's just, just dive right into it. So, so, Barrett, like I was saying, I was just kind of giving the definition of simple contact and idiomotion and sort of reading from some of the people who posted on Soma Simple. But like I said in the beginning, the thing that I really enjoyed about the course, and, and I'm sure you can agree with this, is that I really liked the small size of the course because I felt like you had... It made, instead of just being like, you're the teacher up there and we're, everyone else is in the audience just listening and not really having much interaction, I felt like we all became sort of contributors within the course. Would you agree with that? Oh, very much so. And it, it was an unusual class in that uh, so many of the participants, if not all, were extremely well-read mm -hmm. uh, prior to arriving. Uh, one of the reasons I 
cut back on the written material is because, uh, well, in the past I've provided more, but nobody read that anyway. But right. What I did provide, I know they would have known beforehand, and I, I was thrilled to be there, really. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you know, talking even about your about the syllabus for the courses, I have to say I really enjoyed it being sort of pared down and and simplified, not simple, but simplified. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that what it does is now when I go back through the court through the course material, it just makes it so much easier for me to have a better understanding of it and, and to really sort of put it into motion with some of my patients, which I have been doing. Wonderful. And I think you found that there's probably something there that mm-hmm. you hadn't previously uh Catalyzed. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, my my biggest thing was, is, and I said this, you know, as I opened the show, is I, you know, I've interviewed you, I've looked through Simple Contact, but I think it was a lot easier for me to implement it after watching you and after, you know, being in a course for two days and even, you know, speaking with, with um, the other participants within the course. And so... You know, one of the things that I think someone wrote on Soma Simple is, you know, when you're, and this is a question that, you know, I'll ask of you to clarify to, to the audiences, and, and I don't know if you get this question a lot, is, but when you go in to treat a patient and you're going to use Simple Contact, do you go, how do you explain to them how you're going to use Simple Contact with them? Or how do you explain what you're doing? And do you explain it, kind of go in the room and explain what you're going to do? Or do you just start with um, the, the manual technique and just kind of explain as you go along? I know the answer to this, but I don't think everybody else knows the answer to this. I don't want you to think I don't know, because I do. Uh, I know you know. <laughs> uh, very much the latter. I, mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, the vast majority of people are hungry to be touched, and uh, if they're not hungry for that, well, that's not that hard to figure out by anybody with any clinical experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually begin by uh, telling stories about how they would normally respond to any mechanical deformation in the system mm-hmm. that was imposed by an evident uh, uh, agent. Mm-hmm. If I were to twist their finger, they would ask me to let go. They wouldn't ask me to untwist it for them. And, and I found that to be remarkably effective mm-hmm. because people understand that they will go where they need to in order to avoid pain. Pain is a, a motivator. It, it motivates us to move primarily, right. to behave. Right. And, and I, things follow from that. Yeah, and I love during the course how you sort of explained <clears throat> that, you know, your body will, you know, will instinctively kind of move you out of these positions where maybe you have some mechanical deformation. But in a, it's almost like a society or what is acceptable movement as to why people don't do that. Very much so. I, uh, more than anyone else that I know of, I emphasize the cultural inhibition mm-hmm. to movement that begins early in our life. I did not do it in class, but I do a bit on kindergarten cop and how this is uh, the movie. Yeah, sure. Uh, how this is, is exemplified and how the audience cheers the uh, control of the children, which is essential. I've been the youngest of six children and being a baby boomer, I understand what crowds of children are like. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater here and we need to understand that uh, when we control motion, we're asking for people to uh, perpetually hurt 
Mm-hmm. Your movement itself would help them. Right. And, and, you know, I think another good example, and I actually use this today with this example with a patient, is um, just talking about how sort of being in rigid movement patterns can lead to injury or lead to pain. You sort of use the example of a ballet dancer. Versus perhaps more of a, I don't know, a a modern dancer or something like that, where in ballet, because of the the lines, the instruction, the movements have to be so precise and quite frankly, a bit unnatural that you have a... Made to look effortless. Made to look effortless. When when we all know that standing on your toe and spinning around is is anything but effortless, um, that injuries in dancers are in ballet dancers... They have a higher incidence of injuries in, in let's say, a, a more modern dancer or a freestyle dancer where they're actually allowed to move in the in movements that are more maybe inherent to their self. Uh, a terrible litany of uh, surgeries, uh, the older the ballerina grows. Yeah. They sound like horse jockeys. Right. right. If, you, <laughs> if you want to hear a terrible litany of, of injuries, talk to anybody who's been riding horses for a while in races. I mean, it's... it's it's awful. Right, because they're sort of forced to be in this position that is is not very natural and forced to maintain that in sort of this isometric contraction for longer periods of time. And so I just love that, you know, tying that story of a ballet dancer versus a freestyler or a modern dancer back into the concept of simple contact, I think, for the patient, that it's a, a lot easier for them to understand that. You would think that, of course, they, they would love the opportunity to bring their own particular needs and desires to movement. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is, this is not normally encouraged. Right. No, that's true. Even, you know, a lot of traditional exercises, you know, it's keep your arm exactly in this position and, you know, move it in exactly this way. And if you're not moving it in exactly this way or have it in exactly this position, it's wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, that may send the the wrong system to the patient and to their nervous system like, oh, this is wrong. I'm doing it wrong. And I still have pain or I thought I was doing this right, but I'm still, you know having pain and whereas to allow them to have the freedom to move that arm and in a position that may into positions that make sense to them makes more sense exactly uh oftentimes the animal kingdom is evoked when we talk about imposing movements upon uh our patients saying well cats stretch but i never saw a cat stretch painfully right and that's true there it is you know dogs don't do that either that's true Uh, there's a new book out there called zubiquity uh-huh. Where once, once again, and this is a, a long line, generations of, uh, of physicians have looked at the animal kingdom and said, "Well, there's something there for us to learn because we aren't that far from being prey animals." And uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend this this new book I heard an interview on the uh, with the author just a couple weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, and and you know, I think getting that as sort of your basis and, and really understanding that as a therapist goes a long way when you're treating your patients. Um, we have to take a quick break. Can you stick around for a little bit? I'm glad to. Okay, great. All right. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you confused about which diet is right for you? Are you tired of being tired? How about improving your energy, strength, and appearance? Hi, 
I'm Rika Keck, a holistic nutrition and wellness consultant. If you have answered yes to any of my questions, contact me now at nyintegratedhealth.com or at 646-285-8588. Initiate change and transform your life. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy. And today I'm talking, I'm sort of giving my overview and review of Simple Contact, which is a course I took a couple of weekends ago here in New York City, taught by Barrett Dorco, who is a regular contributor at somasimple.com. He's a writer, a physical therapist. Um, and we have Barrett, who is who joined us in the last segment. And also, Barrett, we have on the line Matthew Danziger, who was one of the personal trainers who is at the Simple Contact course. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Karen? Good. So um, Barrett's also on on the line with us. Hey, Barrett. Um, Hello, Matt. So, so, Matthew, can you, I would love to hear what, what was your overall take on the course, and how do you feel, has it impacted the way you are with your clients? Well, I would say, uh, first I'll apologize, I'm getting scratchy in the throat, so <laughs> if I have to cough, my, my apologies to everybody. But, uh, the course was really fantastic. I, I did love uh, just that everybody there had something interesting to say, and it really felt more like a conversation than a lecture. And I think that for learning, that's so important to be able for the speaker to ask questions of the audience just as much as the other way around. So I I think it's a real template for for what education can be and maybe should be, but I guess everybody learns their own way. But for me, it was really ideal. Um, in terms of my interaction with my clients, I, I think I had already kind of moved in this direction, but uh, the, the ballet dancer metaphor, again, really stuck out mm-hmm. very, very hard for me as exercise, specifically what we think of as gym exercise, is very strictly choreographed, and it is very strictly everything has to be just so. And I think that's 
entirely the gym culture in in some ways that you're a bad trainer if you let somebody do something that isn't in that rigid framework of, oh, the arm has to be at 45 degrees Mm -hmm. here, and if it's not, then your shoulder is going to be injured. And I think that, you know, there's insufficient evidence to say that to start with, but um, that really the big shift for me is the idea of, okay, we have some positions that we can say specifically under a heavier load or heavy resistance, a challenging position, Mm -hmm. that you do have to be more careful. You shouldn't let your knees buckle in while you're squatting 600 pounds. I think that's probably a reasonable assumption. I mean, but if somebody is doing an exercise progressively and within the realm of safety, then why wouldn't you let somebody move the way that their body wants to move? I think the the big thing for me is no longer making it look just so. It's more, is the exercise accomplishing what they want to accomplish, and is it safe? Mm-hmm. And Barrett, what, what is your sort of take on that? You know, because, you know, we're always talking about the PT world, but, you know, going over into that realm of fitness and how does simple contact match up with that? Would you agree with what Matt's saying? I would certainly agree. I was interested in the fact that as soon as you begin to impose outside forces upon the system, you have to up the ante a little bit. You have to direct people how to remain safe. And, of course, that only makes sense. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, not just any movement is a good movement. Uh, it, directing people to do exercise doesn't mean you know how they, how, how they should move better than they do. I was interested in uh, watching uh, Isle Letterman's uh, a video recently. Mm. And, yeah, I just uh, saw that yesterday. did not distinguish between troublesome motion and uh, motion that was corrective. He didn't distinguish between conscious motion mm-hmm. and unconscious motion mm-hmm. or instinctive motion. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a level of uh, consideration I think we must make. Simple contact is about moving instinctively so as to reduce discomfort prior to the position of other forces. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think that, Matt, I, I really like your sort of take on the course and how you can translate that over into the training of your clients. Um, I think as a PT, it's something that maybe we have to even be more aware of when we're giving exercise prescription. I mean, if someone's coming to me for PT, they're not squatting 600 pounds. But, <laughs> you know, but, you know, even for lighter loads, I think, you know, what you said of, of yes, maybe having them in, in a position as to be safe, but then allowing them the freedom to move through that safe position, I think is, it's a great, that's a, um, a great pickup from, from the course for sure. I really like what Jill Haight said recently about in, uh, in movements that reduce pain, the 10th one should be the least painful in movements that exercise people to gain strength the 10th one should be the most difficult motion. Right. That, most that, difficult, that but not most painful. Well, difficult. difficult. I don't know whether, whether strengthening regimens need become painful at all. Yeah, Matthew I don't think so. knows a lot so. more about that than I do. Yeah. But uh, I think that he would certainly say that working toward exhaustion and, and difficulty are pretty much the same thing. I don't mm-hmm. know where pain enters in there. It's a, that's a difficult thing to... Uh, mm to make a rule about. Yeah, but I, I, I love that. And you said that during the course as well. Yes. 
And and I think that that goes a long way for for any sort of healthcare provider, whether you're the PT, the trainer, the osteopath, or what have you. Um, and and Matt, do you obviously you kind of agree with what what Barrett said there? And and is that something that you, when you're training your clients, are kind of looking for? Well, I would say absolutely. But uh, you know that that the tenth repetition, if a, you are saying ten, should be among the most difficult. It should increase in difficulty. I think that uh, inflicting pain, whatever as you define it, is Mm -hmm. unnecessary. Mm -hmm. But for certain people, uh, that might be desirable. I don't know how much you can become somebody who is capable of lifting these enormous weights, Mm -hmm. maybe without experiencing some level of discomfort or or, broaching on pain. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we run right into the, the bugaboo of, well, what hurts? And just because something requires effort, does that mean it hurts? Mm. And and I don't think we can answer that question. Getting out of the car to go into work some days, is full, it, it requires a tremendous effort. Yeah. Is that because there is pain involved? Or is it because you just I, don't I want to go to work? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the very day-to-day and same, you know, same thing hurts some days and doesn't, uh, keeping the word pain out of it is, is probably our best idea. Probably a good idea. As I mentioned, uh, this uh, Kevin Ware fellow that uh, yeah. broke his leg in the NCAA tournament has said, and I quote, honestly, I didn't feel any pain. Uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a fabulous example of how much the culture dictates how we're going to feel. He didn't feel pain or behave as if he was in big trouble yeah. until he saw his coach's face. Right, right. And and I think Barrett, you had said during the course, like it hurt your leg to see it. I get I was moving my foot around just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he had like a horrific break, but yeah, it wasn't until. And I think you, someone also said that another teammate of his, sort of everyone else, kind of recoiled from him, except for one teammate who had had a, not not to that extent, but had a, a sort of painful injury or a debilitating injury. Let's say went right to him. Because he Keith kind Waldron of in the class mentioned how how much this man had been affected by a uh, serious injury of the year before and how important it was to get to Kevin. Yes, yes. Whereas everyone else sort of recoiled from him, which, and I mean, people were. I mean, it, it was a pretty pretty horrifying injury. Um, but to look at that and think, oh, he didn't really feel any pain, kind of goes back to one of the the. Uh, things that we say all the time is that tissue damage does not equal pain and pain does not equal tissue damage. So no susception is neither necessary nor sufficient to produce pain. And that is a perfect example. (laughs) It helps, but uh, iron walls and concrete walls do not a prison make, but they certainly help. Yeah. This is a far more complex phenomenon than most people give it credit for. Pain. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And Matt, I want to thank you for for um, calling in and, and giving your sort of interpretation on the course, because it is nice to hear from someone outside of the PT world and kind of how they can relate the things that Barrett is teaching into their you know, interaction with clients. And I think for Barrett, this has opened up a whole new world for you. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> right? Forget about only teaching PTs. Like, you should start going to gyms. 
Um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah, it can just open up a whole new world. So, Matt, thank you so much for calling in. Well, thank you for having All me. All right, and everybody, we'll be right back after these messages. So, oh, Barrett, are you staying on, or are you... Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Yes. uh, Awesome. Yes, I'd be glad to stay. Awesome. Okay, so everybody, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. Hour, at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and today we're sort of recapping uh, the Simple Contact course that was taught here in New York City a couple of weeks ago by Barrett Dorco, and we have Barrett on the line. We heard from Matthew Danziger um, in the last segment about how he was able to use the concepts taught within the Simple Contact course um, with his clients in the gym. Um, So I think it's nice to kind of get a different perspective, and like I said, it opens Barrett up to a whole new world. Um, And, you know, I'll sort of give a little bit of of my, what I've gotten with patients a little bit later, but um, I know right now we have on the line Erica Mello. Erica is the owner, co-owner of Velocity Physio here in New York City and also a regular contributor at Soma Simple. So Erica, thanks for calling in. Oh, thanks for having me, Karen. I'm also a bit scratchy in the throat today. Yeah, me too. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it must be allergies. I don't know. It must be a New York thing. Barrett, are you scratchy in the throat? You're no, in Ohio. I, was, I, was, I, I hesitated to say anything, but it's beautiful here in Ohio, and I, I feel fine. <laughs> I'm the same way. I was, like, hacking up a lung before I came on the air. Anyway, um, so, Erica, tell, tell us about your experience with the course. Obviously, Barrett's on the line here. Um, <laughs> Hi, Barrett. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I actually... Um, 
you know, this is my second time taking the course, and I, you know, I had to take it twice for for me, you know, to, for me to, to sink in. It was hysterical. Uh, you know, the first time I took it was about uh, six, six, God, six years ago, and. You know, I was really starting to get into the whole, you know, the the biopsychosocial model and the neuroscience, and it, it was amazing to me, you know, even back then, how many people just still, still, you know, didn't get it. And now, you know, people are starting to 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 turn around a bit and and, and understand. But I think we have a long way to go in our field for people to really understand what's going on. And this course really, for me, it was the people that were in the course, we were all sort of like-minded professionals. And it it, it was just like having a a, a cup of coffee with your friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, made me think a lot about, um, you know, what I do on a daily basis with my patients and, and how we, my patients, you know, how they instinctively move and, you know, when I walk in the room with them, you know, how how are they sitting, how are they moving, what position they're in, and, and treating them, you know, not that I don't treat them like a human being, I do, but just treat them differently and, and watch them move. And, mm-hmm. and in a way, um, you know, I had a patient the other day on the table, I think I posted this on Soma Simple, I had a hard time, you know, in the past I would try the simple contact and I would put my hands and and I, I just felt like, okay, move, you know, move. <laughs> Why aren't you moving? moving? And it's, you know, I wasn't finding my way in with the patient. And Barrett did a great session on me, actually. And I realized, oh, my God, I was, like, all over the place. And I only wish I could do that with my patients right now. But mm. I had this patient and I were chatting. And all of a sudden he started to move and his neck was moving. And it's because I, I found a way in with him. And I was chatting about that place we had been to, to both together. And, and he was moving, his, his neck was moving, and he's like, oh, I feel pretty good. This is how I sleep. And like a light bulb went off in my head. And, you know, I think I made it a little complicated for myself. And, and I, I think it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's just about putting your hands on them and, and, and just seeing how it's about them telling you how they want to move. Am, I'm, am I correct in assuming that, Barrett, or am I getting this all wrong? No, I think you're right. You simply have to add the... Uh the fact that their unconscious has already made this decision and the thing that stood in the way of their expressing the idea to move was the context that you change. Yeah. Uh, it's an old phrase, I get my best ideas while I'm shaving. Right. You occupy one part of your brain with a, yeah. uh, a task and then uh, you go on. I, I think the fact that you were chatting with the patient, and this I learned in New York, uh, that uh, what I do tends to involve a great deal more speech talking to the patient and listening to the patient talk uh, than does uh, Diane Jacobs' uh, dermal neural modulation, which is a bit more uh, operative-based and uh, uh, more akin to massage. Uh, And uh, I certainly use that because there's so much silence as well. Mm -hmm. Silence on the patient's part. In in my venues, uh, the patient cannot speak. Uh, That tends to work uh, differently because we are quiet. True. Yeah, and I sometimes when I put my hands on the patient and I'm doing like the the DNM, I let my hands do the talking, and you can feel the patient move under your hands, and yeah. um, it's it's it was an eye opener for me that I have to say being there on the course and and you know my, I I suffer with you know a lot of aches and pains myself and 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 really of trying to use a lot of this um, simple contact on myself and see how I instinctively move and what relief I've gained from it just since the course, I have to say, has it's, it's been, it's been really great, actually. Well, that's great. 
Yeah, and you know, I have to say that during the course, I think I had mentioned to you, Erica, that the morning I went to the course, I woke up and I had all this tightness through my neck, and and I don't know if it was just anxiety about going to the course or what. I'm not quite sure. Um, But after the first day of just doing some of the simple contact work, like I felt like a million bucks on on Sunday, yeah, and I felt I felt very good. Whereas in the past, you know, you go to these two and three day courses where it's a lot of mobilization and you know moving you this way and pushing you and pulling you, and I would always feel like crap. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. the end of the weekend, so it was refreshing. And and Barrett, it was definitely refreshing for me to leave a course feeling really good versus feeling like I just got beat up. Well, that sounds great. You know, I used to teach mobilization courses uh, 30 years ago, and I found that to be the case quite commonly. But the the denominator there is always that uh, somehow or other the instructor has decided how you should move mm-hmm. and how you should look. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But rather, uh, it, it was interesting, again, to mention Isle Letterman, who, who I respect uh, remarkably well. He talks about uh, the natural inclinations of the patient and how they should, uh, mm-hmm. we should attend to them and allow them to emerge. He yeah. doesn't quite go as far as I do, but, uh, uh, geez, I never, I never let anybody do anything naturally when I was mobilized. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, for me and I, that, that was a very important thing for me to feel. So that way I know when I'm working using simple contact on my patients that, you know, if that that's kind of how you want your patients to feel, you know, you want them to feel like they have ease of movement and, and that their pain is reduced. You know, I mean, that's the, um, Barrett, what was the quote? Was it J- Diane Jacobs' quote that said something? And I'm going to butcher the quote. You probably know it better than I do. But something: if pain is the reason they're coming in to see us, shouldn't we treat the pain first? Yes, Diane some? said that. And yeah. uh, my own yeah. aphorism is: uh, when pain is a primary problem, the treatment of pain should be primary. Right. Right. Versus. So you mean if someone comes in and they don't have the best posture, we shouldn't all of a sudden go and try and make them have the I, quote unquote ideal posture? Or do you know what I mean? I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate. If someone were to come in with sure. back pain, the first thing people did, well, you have terrible posture. Let's, let's change that. Let's make you sit this way, that way, and, and sort of force them into these positions that maybe they don't want to go in. It's really easy to uh, drop into the hairdresser mode, and I've got nothing against hairdressers. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to make people look a certain way is their job. Right. It's not my job. My job is to help people understand uh, what they can do to help themselves and the vast majority of patients that come to the physical therapy department come there because they hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that should be dealt with first. I'm not suggesting they they don't feel better when eventually therapy is over, but I wonder if the explanations are are uh, typically offered them or make any sense whatsoever. Right. But, but we have the neuroscience which will lead us to a sensible explanation. Right. And uh, this is the thing I'm sure Erica would agree if therapists do not embrace that, uh, we're always going to be in trouble. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, if you have a patient who's lying on a table and you move their and they're, they're lying and their legs are in an unnatural position and you move them and then their leg pops out again and then they, you move them again, their leg pops out. <laughs> I mean, clearly they're lying there because that's the way they want to right. lie, not because right. they're, they're, yeah. they should lie that way. And 
and and I would agree. I mean, I think we put patients into a box, and everybody's different. I mean, I couldn't help but um, when you're talking about the the Kevin Ware analogy, I mean, getting into the basketball, I mean, the you know, look at Derrick Rose. He's you know tore his ACL over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still not playing while well. Jacques Noah played on Saturday through plantar fasciitis, pushed himself. What makes him push himself with plantar fasciitis, ripping pain, while his buddy, who tore an ACL well over a year ago, sits on the bench in street clothes? You know, those are two different mindsets, two different people dealing with pain. And I think we we tend to put different, you know, people in in boxes, and you treat those people very differently. And each one of those people, those basketball players move extremely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's something else going on with Derrick Rose, but it's, you know, those are those are prime examples of how people deal with pain. And one just pushes right through it, one doesn't want to, you know, so it, it's, uh, it's, 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 I think it's a really nice example of how we deal with, with our patients as mm-hmm. well. Of course, I'd like to treat both of these guys. I would too. Oh, <laughs> me too. There's a lot going on. I would on love to. It is not being addressed. I'm pretty sure by their 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 trainers who are quite good. Yeah. But yeah. their trainers aren't attending to something that is. Uh, well, I think uh, the the main crux of the course. Well, 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 I want Derek Rose recently came out. I think it was something he said that the reason why he's not playing is because of muscle memory, and I know that's another topic altogether. But mm. Yeah, I, don't know. Anyway. I think it's a, it's a similar memory, and that, in addition to the fact that his his brother has said something to him that that there's a lot going on there. So yeah, lot, and there's I agree. Much of it we'll never know. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot. And, you know, Erica, I just wanted to kind of reiterate something that you said earlier, um, and that I think Patrick Lyons actually put on Soma Simple. Um, and because I think it's really important in the context of simple contact, but it, Patrick wrote, it seems to me that verbal flow is an important adjunct to the movement flow during simple contact. And I know Erica, you agree with that. And I just think that it bears repeating, Mm -hmm. um, and that I've, you know, in treating my patients over the past two weeks or a week and a half, however long it's been, um, since taking the course, I've definitely found that engaging that patient, and, and Barrett uses analogies from TV shows in the 60s, I guess, or 70s. Yeah, and I, I don't I know. tried to get the uh, millennials and the Gen Xers to tell me what they'd like to hear, and they couldn't tell me. <laughs> right. And so, but I think that, you know, Erica, you had said, like for Barrett, he treats sort of, sort of that um, an older population, like a skilled nursing facility, who's really going to remember um, the Beverly Hillbillies and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, a lot of our patients are maybe not of that age range. Age range yep. But, like you said, it's important, and Barrett had said this in the course, is just to find your way into yeah. that patient. And so I think as a therapist, it's important to be able to find your way in, to be able to, you know, speak to your patient and be able to allow them perhaps, I don't want to use the term relax, because Barrett, I don't think that's the right term to use, but allow them through your contacts on their skin to, to encourage that idiomotion. And a lot of times you move without, as, as the name suggests, you're kind of just chatting away and moving without even knowing it. Right. No, absolutely. I, I think that going home is a good term. Everybody wants to go home. And, uh, and trivia brings us home. I've written about that, you know, 
it's an old Roman idea that the the, the messages offered by the Roman soldiers that the three roads uh, coming together bring us home. Trivia is not important. Not important. It brings us home. I never met a patient who didn't want to go home. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, because I, I, the, the patient trusts you when you find something in common. I mean, yep. your brains connect. They, they, you can, I, 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 the first term, you know, comes to my mind is relaxed too, but I know I agree it's not the right term. It's not the right term. Um, it's, you know, in my patients, you know, I'm a big sports fan. I'm also a big Game of Thrones fan. I mean, now that's popular. <laughs> but, you know, I'm always asking about something. And, and yeah. you, you always find something you can talk to them about. Yes, and, hopefully. And, and the verbal is important, and I do think that's important. Yeah, and I think maybe the term, Erica, I think you said the term. I don't think the term is relax. I think the term is trust. Trust. For sure. So I think you hit the nail on the head. And we're going to take a quick break. Erica, I know you have to jump off and work, but thanks for calling in. And um, we'll be right back. Um, Barrett, uh, um, I just want to actually. Yeah, and I just want to. I'm going to bring up something that Eric Kruger said about the course um, in the next section. I'd love to get your opinion on it. So, um, Erica, thanks for calling in. And I'll uh, everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and today we are recapping the course uh, Simple Contact, which is taught by Barrett Dorco, a physical therapist, writer, uh, contributor, uh, 
on somasimple.com. And we've had a couple people call in who are actually part of the course, and we're lucky enough to have Barrett on the line with us. So, Barrett, I want to kind of just read something to you that Eric Kruger put up on um, Soma Simple. And he said, and he had actually brought this, he brought this up to me as he was working on me during the course. But um, he says, during the course, I brought up the point as uh, that there are certain patients who I am intrinsically more comfortable touching and moving closer to others I'm considerably more guarded with. I don't have the benefit of a minute stature like Diane Jacobs and the disarming wisdom that silver hair imparts, not saying that you have silver hair, because I swear I didn't see any. Um, Just in my beard. Yes, or use stories that relate to the cultural milieu of uh, TV series. So some patients trust me for reasons I probably remind them of someone they want me to be. Others I know are put on edge. Um, so he's, and, and he had said to me, like, it, so Eric's a big guy, yeah. right? Like he's very tall. He's a big guy. And what he was saying is, you know, sometimes he may be a little wary, kind of like he says here in, in that statement of, of maybe putting his hands on people or using manual therapy on people because perhaps they may feel him, him as a threat. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's funny. My mind goes back to uh, a time before you know of Al Order won four discus Olympic gold medals. And a uh, very popular interviewer in the Cleveland area who has since passed away said, how can such a big man be so gentle with his children? Mm. And he was aghast at, at the fact that she, despite her, uh, her age, thought that it was possible for a big person to be something other than not possible for them to be something that, other than gentle I, right. I, uh, or, or rough. I, I, I think this, uh, this really goes to the point that, uh, that the more fearful we are of our own strength, the more fearful the patient will mm. be of, of your own strength. But mm-hmm. to me, these things all begin with how you tie your tie in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, how you live your life. And that is evident to people in a, a nonverbal way. Mm-hmm. I'm a big guy, too. I'm not as tall as Eric, for right. sakes. But uh, it, it, it has never, never, uh, beyond 10 seconds, gotten in the way of my uh, getting along with somebody. Sometimes I just don't get along with people because we're all people. Right. And there's just, you know, that's going to happen. That'll, that'll die when I do. That uh, particular tendency I do find as I uh, work longer, however, the... Uh, the variety of patients I get along with uh, certainly in, uh, increased. And I get along with all kinds of people now, and they will always surprise you. And that goes back to my, when I was a toddler and my aunt turned to me in Cleveland and said, these are just people. I was cowering behind her. They're just people. And I've never forgotten that. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, he brought up, I think it's an interesting topic to be brought up just in within therapy as a whole and something that I've obviously never had to deal with because, number one, I'm female, and number two, I'm pretty petite, you know? So I'm not coming in as, as anything even remotely threatening. And it also brought me back to um, the Explain Pain course uh, that I took with David Butler in um, Quebec City last year. And one of the things that... Um, that he sort of talked about was not not forget about the context of 
when you're in the room treating the patient, but that there's a lot of other things that can be involved with treatment. And one of them is, you know, a, a lot of time women are less threatening than men. Absolutely. You know, so I think thinking about that in the context of your treatment is uh, is interesting. And when Eric brought that up, I thought that was an, a nice point to, to bring up and something that, you know, you can, you know, and I think that your response to that was very good. Um, we actually have, oh, we have someone else um, on the line as well who is at the course. Um, we have Benjamin Sabo on the line. Are, ben, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Oh, great, yep. great. So, um, yes, of course. So Barrett's also on the line. And we were just kind of talking about, you know, how the course kind of affected them. And, and so how, how do you feel the course was and how, well, what did you think of the course, number one? Number two, how did, what did, you, how did you go back to your clients? Because you're also a trainer. Right. So how did you go back to your clients then and kind of treat them differently? All right. Well, first of all, I just, I'll just repeat some of the sentiments that uh, have been expressed already. Re- I really enjoyed the course. It was very refreshing, um, the, the way, uh, Barrett, you presented the material. I uh, really enjoyed that and, um, and the, the conversation in, the, in between, like during the breaks. And I uh, really enjoyed meeting everyone. hope that we get to uh, talk again. Almost, I, I, I think I said to uh, mention on Facebook to Barrett that it felt like there wasn't a, quite enough time. Mm-hmm. You know to go over everything, but um, what in, what really stood out to me was how uh, effortless the corrective movement could be. You know, and um, so I, you know I, I've been reading on Soma Simple for so you know past couple of years at this point, and have been implementing some of the concepts uh, already with my clients, and um, I've been familiar with I've been using uh, somatic movements like Hanna somatics. And um, some Feldenkrais, um, like I've been trying to introduce that in, instead of stretching in some cases, and mm-hmm. have been getting uh, some good results, you know, or helping my clients to get good results. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think that's important to. Um, what really stands out is when you can uh, say with a uh, posture when uh, Barrett had us at one point turning, uh, doing a couple Feldenkrais movements, and you. Um, can sit up straighter within the matter mm-hmm. of a few minutes, mm-hmm. or within, you know, within a few, uh, a couple minutes. Are yeah. you still there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> just let me talk. Yeah, um, just letting you talk. It, it's a stark contrast to some other protocols that you know. I'm sure many of your many trainers, therapists, we're all familiar with them. You know, like you can have weeks to months of stretching and uh, strengthening exercises just to improve posture. Right. So when you can see an improvement uh, within that short a time span. Um, that's kind of that's kind of one thing I've used with my clients to um, point that out to them and say, you know, okay, well, you've noticed a uh, difference that that quickly. Like I've done that with a couple movements like that to help yeah. with posture. I've done that. I've used it uh, just this week with someone um, who was concerned about their knees caving in, you know, when they yeah. were squatting or jumping, and had them kind of do a step down test, but just called attention to what their knee was doing, and then and they were able to correct it on their own. And just called attention to that and, and um, helped them appreciate, like, if they made the change within a couple minutes, like, is it because they got stronger? Well, you know, they think about it and they say, probably not. And then mm-hmm. that's when I try to um, get a little plug in there for, you know, that we're, we're really affecting the nervous system more right. than anything else. Right. And, uh, and some clients are willing to discuss that more than others. You know, but I found that to be, uh, so 
I found that to be beneficial. Um, I've been using that with my clients. And uh, one thing that stood out to me, and Barrett talks, he talked a lot about um, kind of creating the context to uh, give the client, or if you're, if you're for a therapist, give the patient permission to move mm-hmm. in a way to resolve their problem. Yeah. And what... What I the way I see it, like kind of uh, being conversant with um, uh, what current pain science is telling us, and um, you know, basing some basing some of the approaches on like the neuromatrix model, it kind of gives the therapist, or I would, and I would say the trainer, uh, from my viewpoint, permission to deal with the client with pain when you realize that. you know, there's going to be some aches and pains, and it doesn't mean that you're diagnosing anything, or mm-hmm. you know that you're now as a trainer acting as a therapist. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, it's very, um, you know, when you realize that you don't have to be afraid of pain, and that you can uh, show the client how to like can try a couple things or have, have show them a couple things to try to resolve uh, the pain on their own. It's kind of a, it kind of gives a little more freedom to. Um, of the session as opposed to like being afraid that somebody's hurt that you're going to you know that you're going to break them or right. something if the session continues. Right, right. And and you know Unfortunately, we're actually, we only have like about a minute left here before I have to wrap up the show. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate getting the input from, from the trainers as Barrett, I'm sure you do as well. Um, yeah. And if we could, uh, Barrett, I'll sort of have you kind of uh, wrap up the show. And Ben, thank you so much for calling and I appreciate that opinion. Um, and no and what, my call. Sure, of course. Um, and, and so, Barrett, I'll have you kind of wrap it up um, of what your thoughts were on the course in about 30 seconds. Okay, I think <laughs> it was easily the easiest class I've taught in a great deal of time because uh, people were aware of what uh, what they needed to read beforehand and uh, really hardly needed to be. Uh, people were prepared, and uh, they were also willing to speak at the course, mm-hmm. which made my job a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard anything... Uh, negative about this. I, I'm, I can see clearly that moving into outside of the world of physical therapy is absolutely necessary because we're all treating the same people, mm-hmm. and many of them have painful problems that can be helped with uh, any emotion and a greater understanding of what the neuroscientist taught us. All right. Perfectly said. And I want to apologize. Eric was trying to call in and the lines were both busy. So I feel really bad about that. Um, But hopefully, um, maybe we'll have we'll we'll kind of have another discussion like this in, in the very near future. Um, where, you know, we can have more people call in because I think this is a great show and a great discussion and something that I think in the world of PT, training, whatever, like you said, Barrett, we're all treating people in pain. I think discussions like these are are very important. Um, Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank Uh, you. Thank you for, for calling in. I appreciate it. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We We are are Certified certified Mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. Talkingalternative.com. 